Hello and welcome, or welcome back, to yet another episode of the Monica Amazur podcast. I wanted to invite you to listen in to this conversation with Katie Coughlin because it's a brilliant one. Katie and I started working together in 2011 in Brookline, Massachusetts. She is originally from Ohio and she was working in Boston and we worked together in Brookline. After a couple of years, she ended up moving to San Francisco and we took a break and we reconnected in 2020 over the pandemic. She lived in San Francisco back then and I just recreated my business online. And now we've been working together for the last three years online. Katie is someone who quit smoking. Katie is someone who is very accomplished, well-traveled and someone who's done a lot of amazing things and she shares them, including many big moves. Again, from Ohio to Boston, from Boston to San Francisco, from San Francisco to the Cape. And now she lives in Charlestown, Massachusetts, which is a beautiful suburb of Boston, if you don't know that. So please listen in. You will be laughing with us. You will be inspired hearing Katie's great motivational words. And you'll learn something about the BBM community on the inside, the OGs. Katie, Katie, hi, how are you? I'm great. I, this is exciting. I've never been on a podcast before. I, I feel am, like a celebrity. I, <laughs> I'm at Madonna's. <laughs> I am thrilled. And thank you so much for doing this on the weekend. I was yeah. just thinking like, who are the people I work with? Oh yeah. The people who are willing to meet with you on Sunday afternoon to talk about their journeys and share with others. And so I'm super grateful. Thank you, Katie. Thank you so much. Of course. Can I swear on this thing? Like, totally. is, put a, you, you, you know, can... I have a filthy mouth. I don't know if we need like a parental <laughs> advisory or something. Just no, no. It's, people. It's authentic and real. So whatever oh, good. to your I mind, can, here I, we go. You can say whatever I can, you want to say. I can say shit and fuck and that's all right. <laughs> <laughs> yep, you can say whatever you want to say. So Katie, okay, I was good. thinking, because, you know, we go so far, far back. What, how did we first connect at HealthWorks in what, 2009, 10? Yeah, well, you know. Do you remember? I, it was Heather Hamilton. I mean, talk about a high value friend. Heather Hamilton has introduced me to two life-changing hobbies and um I remember she reached out to me at the gym I was watching all of you work out and I was like wow this this chick's intense and I was kind of on my own fitness journey and she's like you should work out with us you should you know come work out with us and I I uh I ultimately did all thanks to Heather so Heather if you're listening how did you. you know Heather Katie before how how did you know had like known her through the gym gotcha. um and she always you know made me giggle she always I like her quick wit I enjoy yes. Heather's quick wit um so yeah I think I think that's how we we got started way back in the day I'm, I'm, I'm an OG BBM oh, like super OG so yeah. between BBM and horseback riding Heather got you going yeah. with both that that girl thank you Heather Hamilton <laughs> well make sure to let her know this yes. is amazing so back in the day, this was when you were smoking, right? And you were just yes. beginning to get into fitness. Could you, would you mind sharing a little bit more? That was your mid to late 20s, right? Yes. I had, um, smoking was a dirty college habit. 
And I had started a sales job at 22 in Boston. I had moved from Ohio to Boston for this job. And um, it was just super stressful and it was long days and it was a lot of entertaining clients and, and brokers at night. And um, I just really wasn't focused on my fitness at all. And I remember I had got gone to the gym to do like a, I had started at HealthWorks because they had some kind of weightlifting class, like one of their group fitness classes. Mm-hmm. And I got into that because I liked anything that was a little musical. It was like a, a slash weightlifting class. And I, I started doing that. And then I started, you know, getting on the elliptical and thought I was hot shit because I was doing, <laughs> you know, 20 minutes on the elliptical. It just kind of became like something, okay, I can ma- maybe go do this after work or in the morning. Um. And then obviously when we started working out and you started writing me programs and, you know, I was doing hit and all of these other things, my body was changing and I was really enjoying seeing how my body was working and changing, but my lungs just couldn't keep up anymore, obviously, because I was, I was smoking. And so Mm. really fitness was the catalyst to get me to quit smoking because I I wanted to keep growing in my fitness journey, but I couldn't do that if I was, you know, huffing down butts every day. So tell me, do you remember Kitty, the moment when you were like enough is enough? Um, I think I was, you know, on the treadmill doing one of my programs and, and my legs felt good. My body felt good. I was like, I can, I'm just ripping through these intervals but I had to keep stopping because I just couldn't breathe. Mm. And and by that point, you know, we were working out multiple times a week. I had really gotten into nutrition and had gotten that under my belt. And I, I kind of knew what I was doing when it came to eating and, and my schedule with the workouts. Um, so really s- quitting smoking was that last yeah. dirty, dirty habit. So they're like, last good. Piece. yeah, yeah. Last yeah. Your transformation. Yeah. Totally. Was it hard? Was it easy? How did you do it? Oh, it was terrible. I mean, I was, I was a raging bitch for like weeks, <laughs> you know, it, it, it's, it's amazing how you're, I remember the doc, I went to the doctor. I said, listen, I'm, I've made some serious lifestyle changes in my mid to late twenties. Uh, they were doing my blood work. Everything was great. You know, I'm, I was a healthy uh, young woman in my 20s. And I said, I really need to quit smoking. I don't know how I'm going to stop because I am very much a creature of habit. I have a very mm-hmm. addictive personality in all aspects of my life. Um, and they said, you should go to Brigham and Women's Hospital. They have a Tuesday night group for people that are trying to quit smoking. And I, I, I kind of was like, eh, I don't know. But I went and it was kind of like a Smokers Anonymous. And when mm-hmm. I walked into this group, it was people from all walks of life, all ages that were attempting to quit smoking. And I remember looking at the women and these were women that were probably in their 40s. They looked like they were 80. I mean, their mm. their teeth and their skin and their nails and everything. I was like, Oh my God, I am going to look like this. Mm. It it was more my vanity probably than anything else. And then also my competitive spirit. Like once I got through that first day of not smoking, I was like, well, I can't stop. I 
figure out now. I've made it a day. I've made it two days. I've made it a mm. week. I've made it a month. Yeah. Um, and that's really what drove me. And thank God, because yeah, it was, that was, it was really hard to do. Very hard to, to quit smoking. So if any, anybody listening, if you've, if you quit smoking, that's a major accomplishment and something you kind of struggle with your, your, your entire life. I, I would love to have a cigarette. Cigarettes are great. It's a nice relaxing <laughs> moment, but, um, I also want to be healthy and breathe. So, yeah, you know, I remember, I'm sure you remember that too. I was training a one-on-one and I literally know where we were at HealthWorks and you were doing step-ups and other things. And I was like, Katie, did she, are you still smoking? Because your body, <laughs> when you were sweating, literally smelled like cigarettes. Yeah. Oh, that's, like that's were, a, it, it attractive. Was com- <laughs> it, was, well, it was coming out of your pores and you were like, this is not, you were like, no, I don't smoke anymore. And it's like, how long does it take for the body to clean it all out? Obviously, that's been like years and years now. But yeah. that was that was such a like bizarre thing where you don't smoke and somehow you're sweating and your body's still like, clean me out here. It, it is. And- the, the funny thing is there's definitely an oral fixation associated with smoking that movement of just, you know, the cigarette from your mm-hmm. hand, out your hand, your mouth. I got addicted to drinking water, which is a great addiction to have, but I still, I pound so much water because I replaced that oral fixation smoking with picking up a glass and drinking water. So yeah, no, it, it did take, a, it did take a long time. And I remember I used to have dreams that first year that I had a cigarette and I'd wake up and be so scared. Like, oh my God, I ruined yeah. it. And then yeah. like, oh, it's just a thank God. But yeah, that, that was, that was it. That was the last dirty habit. And it, it was really tough to kick, but, um, I did it. So when you stopped Kiri, did you notice the improvements immediately or was it gradual and your body obviously eventually just cleared it all out? And, and yeah. This anymore? Mm-hmm. I, I think it was more gradual. I mean, I was still hacking up along on the treadmill or the Stairmaster, um, but probably after a few months, I really started to feel a lot better. It, everything was, I was just really kicking and could do my intervals and and all of that so that felt really good and that kept me going and again just because I'm so highly competitive I was like I can't have a cigarette even though that's all I want I just have to keep going and keep this streak going in my mind if I had a cigarette I would just start all over again Mm. Um, and I I just couldn't do it so it's it's so interesting because when I was competing at the same time uh, you know, hardcore dieting, my dreams would be that I went out to have a burger or some like pancake. And then I would wake up like, no, you ruined it. No, thank thank God. It's just a dream. Right. It's that, it's that like all or nothing mentality that I think a lot of us have a lot of A types where it's like, I'm all in or I'm totally off the wagon. So, Mm. so back then that was your OG booty transformation. (laughs) We worked, together. and you know, I mean, it's worth to say you were never overweight, you were never obese, but it's all about like the dialing it in, right? We yes. we really worked to dial everything in, and I know very well. In May of 2013, you left Boston and you moved to San Francisco. Yes, I did. Well, I picked up and moved across the country. You know, I was thinking about this also right before we got on here, because that's another thing we have in common, that picking up and going, not once yes. and not twice. I was, um, 
I went through a terrible breakup, you know, in my late twenties. And I just felt like I needed to completely change everything in that. I drove the Pacific coast highway over the course of two weeks with a girlfriend. We had a great trip. Um, San Francisco just felt like a good fit. It's very similar to Boston in a lot of ways. And I just, again, all or nothing mentality. I was on a mission. I went out there and I interviewed and uh, got a job and found a place and just picked up, moved and spent seven years of my life in the Bay Area, um, which fun. It was great for my career. I have wonderful friends and memories from California. I'm back a lot. But then I did it again. <laughs> right. So, then, so, you, so you left and we stopped working together. And so that was 2013. Seven yeah. years later, COVID happens and I get a message from you. Hey, you're doing these Zoom sessions. How, how do I sign up? And I was yes. like, whoa, what is happening? What's going on? And that was 2020. We were all sitting at home. You were at your studio apartment in San Francisco. I was at home here in Connecticut because I already had moved to Connecticut. And we started working together three times a week, face-to-face -face on Zoom. Yes. I mean, look, I, I, I left San Francisco during COVID um, in July of 2020 because it was getting in in California just with the lockdown and the riots mm -hmm. and I just remember I lived right in the city and I was laying in bed at night listening to helicopters fly over and gunshots and it, it was it was just nuts and so against my against my better judgment I got on a plane uh flew to Boston and rented a Airbnb in Situate um and when I got there I was like oh my god everything's open here I can be outside I was at the mm. beach I started every day with a walk we started out together it was it was really looking back on it um some of my my favorite months COVID for me once I situate was actually very enjoyable Mm. Um, to just be outside and and work from my little beach hut and then we were working out together so I I went with the intent of just being there for a few months to weather the storm. After, you know, six months, I said, what am I doing? I, I flew back to San Francisco, put all my stuff in storage, moved out of my apartment there and started looking for a home. And then you found it. And then I found it. Yes, I did. Now I'm, I'm happily situated in uh, Charlestown, Massachusetts. So with the back and forth moves, Katie, um, is it getting easier each time you're doing it? Is it as hard as it was the first time? How do you deal with that? Because I think a lot of people struggle, <laughs> you know, not even from the perspective, you know, of fitness, but just kind of like picking up and going. And as someone who has done it many times, and, you know, I can relate to this, um, do you have any advice to people who are maybe, you know, in a place where they're not happy or not fulfilled but they're afraid of losing what they have because, you know, obviously nothing is guaranteed if they were to leave and go elsewhere. I am a big fan of, of shaking it up. I, I always encourage people, any of my friends that are thinking about moving or living somewhere else, I always say go for it because what I've found is people for the most part are pretty risk adverse and they're always kind of right where you left them. Like if, if you go and you try it out and you don't like it, you can always come back. Mm. And even, even seven years later, you know, when I came back to Boston, I'm like, 
this is pretty much the same. Everybody's still here. Everybody's kind of right where I left them. Maybe they've got a, a husband now or um, I think it's really good to completely change your environment. It completely changes your perspective. Um, I, I'm a big fan of just go shake it up. And, and the worst that can happen is it doesn't work out. You can always go right back to where you were, but especially if you're unhappy, you need to take a hard look at your life and say, you know, what can I change that might make me happier? Mm. Um, so I, I'm, I say, if you're thinking about it, go for it. Just the, the, the worst that can happen is you'll just come back to where you were, but at least you tried. Well, speaking of which, so being in San Francisco for seven years and then coming back to Boston, did it feel like coming back home or did it feel like starting over? Yeah. You know, it's kind of my second act here in Boston. A lot of it is very familiar and, and has this sense of nostalgia. But I am, you know, I wasn't ever in Charlestown when I was living in uh, Brookline. Mm -hmm. you know, I was over in Brookline the first time. So that's kind of a whole different world compared to Charlestown. But when I go back to to Brookline, uh, my sister is a, a surgeon at Brigham. So I, I head over there every now and then. It feels it feels good to be back. It, it really brings back this wave of nostalgia and all these happy memories. But um, living in Charlestown is much different. I'm at a completely different stage of my life. Uh, so I, I'm calling it my second act. It's, it's, it's a lot of the same, but it's, it's a lot in a lot of ways, a lot different. You know what you make me think of right now is the fact that as myself, you're not married, you don't have kids. So we kind of, even though it's been 10 plus years, we can kind of pretend it's just the second act a little bit later and not actually 10 plus years later. Yeah, no, it's, it's definitely... When you're walking around Charlestown, it's a lot of people with, you know, strollers and a dog. Everyone's got like a dog, a baby and a husband here. So I think they kind of look at me like, who's this chick? But um, it's a nice little area. And it's definitely for people that are about to like bump to the suburbs as soon as they have their their second child. So it's, it's, it's a nice way to be in the city without being right in the city like I was mm. in, in Brookline. I love it so much. So fitness, Katie, going back to fitness, obviously had you quit smoking, which is huge and humongous, but do you see any other things that it impacted um, in your life other than obviously your health as a whole and, and the smoking aspect specifically? Well, it was kind of this sense of relief, right? Like even when I would, it was always like when, when I was a smoker, was when could I have my next cigarette? compulsive about it um, and obsessive mm. about it. And it, as soon as I said, well, I'm just not smoking anymore, it was this sense of freedom where, you know, I remember even getting on planes, like, oh, I got to wait to go through security because as soon as I go through security, I can't get outside. And if I'm having a long travel day, you know, you couldn't smoke in the airports or on the airplanes or anything like that. Mm. And it kind of, it, it probably correlates eating well as well, like, you know, meal prep. Yes, meal prep is a lot of work. But then once you have your meals prepped for the week, it's this sense of freedom, you don't need to panic about Oh, well, when am I going to eat? Or what am I going to eat? Or how do I make sure I have a healthy option? It's kind of allowing yourself the space to just have your fridge stocked with things that you know, are going to fuel your body and, and support your workouts. Um, and it gives you this sense of, of freedom if you just put in that, that time up front. So 
that's kind of what I learned after I quit smoking, that meal prep became a lot more important to me um, because I wanted that same feeling of accomplishment and Mm. just knowing that things were kind of taken care of. Right. You know, it's interesting because um, what you mentioned with the freedom comes responsibility. But at the same time, a lot of time, you know, with the freedom of like, all right, I can eat whatever I want. I can smoke, right? It comes responsibility because you have to focus on like, what would you actually want? It's not like a kid in the candy sh- shop. But the, things, right. the thing that you made me think of is how, you know, a lot of people will view meal prep or tracking in any way or shape or form what you eat, or even in the grand scheme of things, living by your calendar as too restrictive mm-hmm. because, you know, you you are going by the calendar or you're going by the meal plan but the truth is it gives you freedom because you don't have to think about it you don't have to stress about it you have your uh, treats and your good meals planned you have your free time and your work time planned and your workout time so it is some sort of limitation right but it also gives you the freedom within it to do whatever you want to do absolutely I, I totally agree I, I panic when my when my fridge is not stocked. I need lots of options in there, um, you know, foods that I know are going to support my workouts. Um, because if I'm left to my own devices and it's like, oh, I'll DoorDash something or I'll just grab something on the go, that's it, that's not I had choice. Mm. <laughs> so so having the my meals prepped and that became much more important when I when I quit smoking because I I knew that I wanted that sense of of freedom knowing that things were just taken care of mm. Katie speaking of which you know one thing that came to my mind right now is uh, through all the moves so obviously you moved from from Ohio to Boston from Boston to San Francisco from from California back to Massachusetts a few times back and forth and how did you deal with the fitness part and the training part through all this instability, I'd say, or the changes and the, the, the time of just lack of stability, I guess, you know, all, all the moves and you don't have your kitchen or you don't have a place to exercise or you don't have a place to cook your food. How did you deal with this so that you always maintained your health? It was a struggle, definitely going from, Boston to San Francisco, um, because I am very much a creature of habit. So I was working up, I was working out with you, Monica, and Mm. and the other girls, like almost up until the day I left for San Francisco. Mm -hmm. And then when I got to San Francisco, you know, I joined an Equinox there, but I was so used to our schedule and, and the training we were doing. And I've never been one that's great working out on my own. I kind of need the camaraderie and, and the energy from the group. So those first two years in San Francisco were rough. I joined a gym, but I, I just, I wasn't really working out like I was with you. I was doing cardio maybe here or there. I was also out a lot because I was trying to meet people. So I gained a lot of weight when I moved to San Francisco. Um, and then oddly enough, I found Berries, the, the group fitness program Berries. Mm-hmm. And I got really into that because I need a schedule. I need to know that I'm working at 630. It needs to be in my calendar. If it's not on my calendar, it's not It's not happening. Yep. Mm -hmm. It's just not happening. And so um, that was really the beauty of of working out with you and the girls. But it took me a while to kind of get into a groove in San Francisco. And it was a lot of weight fluctuation and 
but once I, once I got into berries and started doing that a couple times a week, and then I found a group of girls at berries that were also working out with the trainer out there. I found my groove again, got back into shape. It felt great. Um, and then of course, as soon as I got back to Massachusetts, I said, well, I've, I've got to find Monica again. And you were doing the virtual thing and that really, really worked out. We, we went right back to three times a week, one-on-one. And then you, you know, pulled your Madonna and you're totally, <laughs> just totally. Can, can you share more about Madonna? It's so funny because I literally wanted to talk about your famous lines. So there's a few of your famous lines of all time. So since you brought Madonna, let's start with Madonna. Do you mind sharing a about Madonna? <laughs> yes. Well, I'm just, I'm just constantly impressed with you, Monica, and how you reinvent yourself. And it's like the Madonna complex. She just finds a a new way to stay relevant and uh, be an icon. So I remember when we were working out together one-on-one three times a week, you were talking about how this was, you know, really tough for you because you weren't used to sitting in front of a computer all day. And, and it is, I mean, I do sit in front of a computer all day and I think many people do. So it's very hard on your body if if Mm. you're not used to that, or even if you are used to it. And you started talking about how you could, you know, monetize your network and find a way to bring fitness to people because I, I do think that's a something that you really love and enjoy, but you just couldn't do it at the expense of your own health. Right. So you, you know, pulled a Madonna and reinvented yourself and, and came up with this remote BBM environment where we're now all working out together, uh, you know, five, six times a week. And it's, it's, a great, I think everyone's really enjoying it on, on our end. And then it's also allowing you the freedom to not be in front of a computer all day, all day and yeah. do other things that are important to you. This was brilliant. And actually, Katie, you were one of the folks who, uh, one of the people who through our conversations, I was like, hmm, because you, I remember you saying in 2020, when we were still doing one-on-ones, you were like, Monica, you know, this is great, but I really miss the group environment. This is awesome. Mm -hmm. We're doing it a few times a week. And it had me thinking, and you know, and it's interesting because eventually what we came into, what, what we're doing right now with BBM is you know, it came to be through all the different things. So it was, you know, us working out together. Remember you, Heather and Stephanie Montero, three of Mm -hmm. you. And then the gym got busy. So we had a few semi-private groups with five women at the time. And then um, you guys all had homework and you all had programs and you all had meal plans, but it was all typed up, very basic. And then, you know, through through me moving to Connecticut, opening the studio, then kind of really missing the diversity and I actually 2020 came uh, and one of my big goals was to expand online I had no idea that the universe is going to give me such a gift and I'm going to be just like yourself you know I I remember 2020 as a great time even though it was really really hard for me but it almost made me shake things up Uh, just like you mentioned Mm -hmm. with the moves for me when it came to work it made me shake things up and made me realize that I actually don't want to work with people in person anymore I miss the diversity of Boston I miss the diversity that we had when we were in Brookline and um, you know, seeing all of you one-on-one and you mentioning it would be lovely to have the girls. So, you know, on at the same time. And I thought, Hmm, how about we try this? And then, you know, and now between the app and between the sessions and between um, you guys having your own meal plans, if you wish, or homework, if you wish, it literally started 10 years ago in person. And then through COVID it was online on zoom. And so it's, 
I don't think that elsewhere online, I don't know if someone else has a program like this, but it wasn't me looking at what other people were doing, but rather what it is that you need, what it is that I can give, because I couldn't sit all day, every day. It was just killing me, literally killing me, the sitting, neck, yeah. back, everything. And I yeah. thought to myself, it's hypocritical of me to tell you guys to do something. And I'm here not even doing it myself because I have no time. And yeah. I remember getting massages, you know, weekly. And people were like, oh, lucky you, enjoy. And in the meantime, I was crying in the pillow because I was in so much pain. You know, I was not used to it. I spent my life in the gym and then suddenly I'm sitting 12 hours a day and I'm not even joking 12 from 8 in the morning until 8 at night I didn't have time to make healthy food I didn't have time to take the dogs on the walk it was awful and so now looking back all the Madonna moves were kind of like I'm bored but what are the people needing right now what what do they need okay let's go this way and let's go that way you know when COVID happened I thought okay we're gonna have a month at home and I'm just going to chill let's let's you know work on some online stuff I had no idea that this is what's going to happen. Um, but once we started doing it, I was like, this is awesome. I love it. And, you know, you came back and many, many, many of the girls who used to be around at HealthWorks came back as well. Just like you said about living in Charlestown, some with husbands, some with kids, some with husbands who wanted to train as well. And now the way we are talking here with you and with many others during the podcast, kind of recapping the last 10 plus years, um, it's an awesome thing to look back, you know, is see how we all turned out. And I mean, yeah, we're still no. turning out, right? Yeah, no, it, I mean, I think if you didn't take a look at your life during COVID and, and really do some soul searching, you, you missed the point. It was, it was a very unique, unprecedented opportunity to say, okay, th this is my life. What, what do I love? What do I hate? What do I want to change? Um, and I think a lot of people did that. A lot of people moved, a lot of people got married, a lot of people got divorced, a lot of people mm -hmm. had kids. Um, so it was a very unique time. And, and I always say there's nothing I love more than an A-type woman, you know, just surrounding myself with people like Heather, people like you, women that are driven and um, that sense of camaraderie, you know, you taking these one-on-one -on -one virtual sessions and creating what you created with the online environment, now really virtual BBM, um, it, it speaks to a lot of the, how you always say that the 1980s club, the A-type women mm -hmm. that we needed on, want to be doing it with a group of like women, like-minded women. Mm -hmm. um, it's, it's, I think it's working out really, really well. It's working out really, really well. And you know, it's interesting because I never, ever, ever imagined that this is going to go this way, but it literally was like one step and things unfold and another step and things unfold. And just like you said, in 2020, so many of us really reevaluated things. And in that, that being said, what was the move back from California to Massachusetts like for you? So was this because of COVID and you were done over there and you wanted to start fresh? This is just kind of like live, not fitness. Was it about you know, just starting fresh again? Was it about the fact that you fell in love back again with, with Boston and Massachusetts? What was it? Yeah, I mean, I, I, like I said, it, I, my intention was to just come to Situate so I could be out of San Francisco. It, mm. it, we, I had been sitting in my apartment there for 16 weeks. I, we were completely on lockdown. The, Coffee shops weren't open. Nothing was open. There was nowhere to go. They had a very strict um, lockdown. 
So when I came back to Massachusetts and I was at my little, you know, beach bungalow in Situate, I just loved it. It was very peaceful. I loved being by the ocean. I was close to some family. And then all of a sudden, you know, three, four, five, six months went by and I really wasn't missing anything about mm. California. I mean, other than my friends, but a lot of them had picked up and moved too. So it just felt like the right move for me. And and I'm, like I said, I'm always one that likes to, sh- I kind of get this seven year itch where I'm like, I got to shake it up. I got to do something new. I got to try something new. I just got to jump. And that's really what it was. I, I said, well, I'm going to fly back there, put everything in storage. I'll keep living in my little beach hut here and see how it goes. And I started like everybody else, I think in 2020, it blew up. I started looking at where I'd like to kind of put down some roots and it all worked out. So really it was the intention was just to kind of get a little respite from what was going on in San Francisco at the time, but it evolved into a whole move back across the country. And I've, I've never felt more settled. It was, it was really looking back on it. COVID was a wonderful uh, gift. And I was, I'm very grateful for kind of what the soul searching I did during that time and the moves I made during that time. And it all, it all worked out. You know, it was such a unique time because, I mean, a lot of things happen here and there in the world, but this was the entire world being on hold. And so really, I feel like, and I remember thinking about it in March when we were all locked down, you couldn't go anywhere, you couldn't do anything. I thought, you know what, this is going to be a very good thing for the people who will choose to see it as a very good thing. Yes. And it really turned out that way. It did. It did indeed. It really turned out that way. And just to say, you know, when I was working here in person at my studio, as much as I loved it, and I was like, oh, I just wish I could bring my Boston BBMs here and we would all be here. But I knew that locally, it's just not a chance. And then when we moved back online, I was like, oh, finally, I have my Taipei people. I organize. I'm here on time. I'm doing it. I do whatever the heck I want. I do it however I want it. And, and it was just great. Um, you know, and you just reminded me, I remember when I first started working at HealthWorks and I had no idea, you know, as a foreign person who previously um, nannied kids, I knew different vocabulary, not, not anything from the realm of personal development or any personality things. And I remember one of the coworkers being like, well, Marka is such a type A. And I had no idea what that meant. But in my mind, it was like, yeah, A is the first letter of the alphabet. Why would you want to be type B? <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, I was like, I need to go look it up. What the hell is she talking A-E-S. about? But I'm like, A-E-S. oh my gosh, but that's what it was. Why would you want to be type B? You can be type A. That's the first one. Yeah. Well, I mean, I would love if we were all back in person together. That was that was also a very special time when we were working out at a health place together, uh, you know, three days a week. That was, those, those women become, you know, even you, trainer, you're not just a trainer. We're talking. I'm seeing you more than I'm seeing, you know, my family. Mm-hmm. I'm seeing yeah. some friends. And it really was such a tight-knit group. And we could socialize while we were working hard, motivating each other. And I think, you know, your next Madonna move, like we, we've talked about, we have to have some kind of annual retreats, uh, retreats mm-hmm. where we can all yeah. get together and work out for a couple of um, I think a lot of women will be into that. Because that was a, a very uh, special time as well when we were all at HealthWorks. Work. 
That is definitely coming up. Absolutely. Kitty, are there any famous lines that you remember other than Madonna moves on my end? Oh, man. <laughs> I remember we were doing something where I was like, man, it, we're, we're really working the triceps. Those, mm-hmm. those tricep pull downs. Um, I remember writing my, there was a, a point in time there where you were having everybody write a little biography about their uh, experience with you and mm-hmm. I think I opened mine up with I have a fantastic ass and I still have a fan to you and BBM the booty doctor mm-hmm. so no lots lots of lots of times and like I said working out with Heather was always a treat she's got such a quick wit um, right like enjoyed anything that was flying out of her mouth so it was it was what, fun one of Katie, one of the things you said, I think it was around the time at the beginning when you just quit smoking, this it could have been even the same session. And I, it's so bizarre because I literally remember where we were in place, like at HealthWorks, where exactly location wise and everything. And, you know, we were talking about food and um, you go, you know, at this point, I trust you so much. So if you told me to eat dog shit, it- I would. <laughs> Don't worry. Yeah. I, I, it was just wild to watch my body. I had kind of out on my own and doing what I could, but those first few months with you, I had never been more sore. I had that on a treadmill or a stairmaster. I had never lifted the weight I was lifting. That that level of intensity was just something entirely new to me and watching my body completely transform just my my uh bmi my overall weight my just the definition mm. in my body i remember going shopping and being like oh this is now enjoyable like everything fits yeah. it's hanging nicely um so yeah at that point i was like okay this is this is working i'm going to do whatever monica tells me to do because <laughs> i'm my body is responding to it You know, I feel like you just mentioned something that made me think of the fact that for the type of person that I am and you, most all of you are, those competitive with yourself, type A folks, the method that I created is very good because you get to challenge yourself that every single time you show up. Yeah, It's not some sort of marathon that like you're training for one thing, but it's like each session you get to push yourself. Each exercise, you can just grab a heavier dumbbell for the step up. So you can do those lunges lower or you can do those hip thrusts with a tighter band. And, um, you know, through that, you still get the competitive aspect uh, right through the workouts, even though it's not group sports, it's not playing, you know, in the Olympics. Only became a lifestyle, you know. Even the guy I was dating at the time, he knew Tuesdays and Thursdays and Saturday morning, I met Monica and the girls, and we would, you know, kind of totally rearrange our weekend plans uh, around our 9 a.m. Saturday morning workout. Mm. So it, it was really that we're all showing up, we're all working out together, we're all supporting each other. There was a healthy competition, you know, we're doing our weigh-ins and our our. BMI and all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And it was just a, it was just a great lifestyle to have. I had my work and the gym and then I had everything else. And it was, it was a good time. I wish we could, we could do it again, but the, the virtual BBM platform, I think is the best we can do with everybody kind of dispersed country now and, right. and the, and the world really for you, you have clients everywhere. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, it was a fun time. You just reminded me um, 
in terms of the schedule, I remember Heather once came and she was talking about the person she was dating at the time. And she was like, he asked me, why do I train on Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturdays? And she goes, I told him because Monica told me that this is the time. So don't have to <laughs> what? what? Why is Monica telling you? She's the best. And yeah. Heather, was, I was like, oh, you know, because he was like, oh, why do you have to train like on Mondays, Wednesdays and Saturday morning? Because Monica told me. Yeah. So, why are you? Why are you asking so many questions? That's just what we're doing here, buddy. Exactly. So. But you know, from my end, it was always like matching the groups up and what we were doing. Like it was also very calculated type A move as in like who will be best where, what we're going to do, how are we going to do it? Like it just might seem like a bunch of random exercises or might seem like, you know, randomness for someone who doesn't know. But if you only kind of learn the structure underneath what we're doing as in like, you know, two-legged exercise, one-legged exercise, and, you know, or standing, sitting, and laying down, or something like that, you know, there's always, it's very organized, it's very type A, even what we're doing, even now, Um, and it was back then too, so, like, even matching you, and the way we were training, you know, upper body on Tuesdays, legs on booty on Thursday, and Saturday, total body, like, everything was very immaculate to give you the results, because let's face it, most of you we're not obese, not overweight. It was really about like dialing in exactly yeah. what we we're doing. Because people were losing, what, 10 pounds, 20 pounds at most. And it was all about right. body recomposition and just really training to give you guys the kind of results that would be like, whoa, this is next level. Totally. And I, I feel that we're around the same age. You know, we're both part of that 1980s club because your model has evolved as we aged what right mm-hmm. like when I think about what I was doing I was going to the the gym every morning at 7 a.m and doing 40 minutes of hit mm-hmm. I mean hit is not 40 minutes <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> I remember people watching me on the treadmill thinking this girl must be high like how is she sprinting <laughs> at a 10 like you know multiple times over a 40 minute period now there's no yeah. way I, I don't want to do that now. Mm-hmm. So the way the workouts have evolved now that we're in our late thirties, you know, we're talking mm-hmm. about 10 years ago. Um, I'm grateful that, you know, I, like I said, I'm grateful that we're around the same age. Cause I think you're probably working out a little differently than you were Absolutely. in your twenties. Mm-hmm. I'm work I'm working out much differently. It's still just as effective but it's something that my body can do in, mm-hmm. in my, and I'm sure it'll change again as we get For into sure. our forties and our late forties. Yeah. You know, it's funny because I just uh, found Facebook showed me Facebook memories. It was a video recorded by Jessica Beltran. It was after we had lunch, our brunch at Abe and Louise and Nini asked how often someone should work out. So everyone is still around you and Nini and Jessica mm-hmm. 10 years ago and now, and so I was sitting there answering and I literally almost spit my tea or coffee that I was drinking, listening to it now this last week, because I was like, well, you know, it depends. I work out three hours a day. And I was like, oh my God, <laughs> what? <laughs> yes. You could have right. do this now. I would no. wake up, go to the gym, run five miles. I was like a horse. I, I You could yeah. put a freaking person on me and I would be just like, okay, let's go, let's go, let's go. go. Then I would go home eating tuna and asparagus as I was walking from the gym to the house. I would shower, go to work, train a few clients, eat another meal, go lift. And then at night I would train you guys and and go back to the gym for another round of cardio. Yeah, no, there's nothing more important to me than a 
arrest day. Arrest day becomes super important in your 30s. And there's nothing more important to me than my sleep. Everything mm -hmm. in my life is is centered around when I can get to bed and, and when I wake up and the, the deep REM sleep I get in those hours. Mm -hmm. in, in your t People in their 20s aren't going to understand. I remember when I was in my 20s and women in their 30s would be complaining about, you know, their, their weird pains that just came out of nowhere. Or they've got like a cramp in their, you know, calf or something. And I was like, what's wrong? These people are whiners. Yeah. And then, and I remember them saying, you just wait, you're going to be in your 30s. And all of a sudden you just have these random pains. And, and I'm like, what are they talking about? But um, yeah, a rest day becomes very important. I, I, there's no way I could do what I was doing in my 20s, but our workouts have evolved. Um, so and yeah. they're, they're, they're definitely what we should be doing in our thirties. And mm -hmm. like I said, I think it's going to be different in our forties too. It will change, but you know, it's, it's funny with the rest because, you know, back then everyone was just like, give me more, give me more. How many hours yeah. are you exercising? Give me more. And now it's more like, I can do this instead of just give me more, which is a good thing because, you know, yeah. um, longevity is everything and while in our 20s we had the time we had the you know freedom of doing whatever the heck we wanted many of well we still do but many of the girls have kids and families yeah. and so it's different and so you know what we're doing right now it's feasible for everyone and it's doable for everyone health-wise and schedule-wise and time-wise um and it's unnecessary to do what we did before i mean we could, but why would we, if we can get the same results? And another thing too, is the accumulated results over time. It's not mm -hmm. like, you know, you just started yesterday. It's not your body didn't just learn these moves in 2020. You were doing it for many, many years and months. And so, you know, the accumulated effort from your twenties also adds up right now. Right. Right. No, I, I completely agree. And it, it's funny. I don't know if, um, Ruth Bader Ginsburg, the Supreme Court justice that passed, she was late 80s, I want to say, and mm -hmm. still weightlifting every yeah. day. And I remember, not probably not every day, but she definitely incorporated weightlifting into her, into her fitness regimen. And I remember seeing videos of her and watching docs after she died and she's with her trainer in the gym. And I'm like, that's going to be me. Like, I, I do love, I do love my morning cardio, but you don't get a result. You don't get the results you get. Um, you don't get the results we get if you're not lifting weights. Lifting weights. You know, and it's it funny because, Kitty, we've always lifted. That was the main thing. The cardio was kind of side, side note, you know, a little side. And I never was big on like yoga or flexibility. You also were like not into it so much, right? No, I, I, I should have been better. I got into, I had a little yoga stint in my twenties, but I, I couldn't calm my mind. I probably could get into it more now, mm -hmm. but I wanted to, I wanted to sprint. I wanted to run. I wanted to lift heavy. Um, but like I said, those rest days and the flexibility and the stretching now is, is becoming increasingly yeah, important for sure. But you know what I wanted to say to add to what you were saying about lifting is that I think in between 2020 and 2021, I was like, all right, well, I need to slow down because I work way too many hours. I don't have time for myself and kind of to restart everything for myself. I was like, all right, I'm just going to do more walking and like, you know, 20, 10 to 20,000 steps a day. I could, you know, it was, I was able to do it because I live where I can walk outside. There's no problem with that. And then I was like, oh, let's do yoga. And I started doing yoga and I started doing 
all the walking and I pulled back from lifting. And while I didn't gain weight, my body changed and I didn't like it. You know, Mm -hmm. it was just the, it was almost like, you know, it got me, uh, I I saw some pictures from some, some trips and some outings and I was like, Oh, I'm starting to look like an old lady. Like, you know, (laughs) my butt, instead of being perky, I'm like, it's like getting flat and I'm getting like sides, side muffin tops and I'm like and I was not big that's the thing I didn't gain weight but losing the muscle or not having it pumped up the way we do you know constantly working out I was like oh I don't like this like my arms and the posture is kind of going down and the middle is not as defined and the booty is not I was like this is so you know needless to say lifting has to be the foundation because otherwise you know even if you're bigger or smaller or whatever size you are you have like the shape no, totally. I remember Jennifer Aniston once said, you have to love it all. Like when it comes to fitness, you have, you can't just do one thing. You have to, you have to love the cardio. You have to love the lifting. You have to love the yoga. You have to incorporate everything because your body really needs everything. And especially for women, you know, we definitely need that. Um, we need the lifting to get the definition and to put the muscle on to help us with everything else. So it's, I, I think a lot of, women particularly become cardio bunnies and that's great if you you don't just want to be real thin but I want to look great naked and my booty needs to be popping and I want that (laughs) cinched waist and I want definition in my arms and legs and there's no way I can get it unless I'm I'm lifting that's true Katie thank you so much for being here is there anything else you would want to share before we wrap up because I we can talk and talk and talk. And I was like, wait, I promised you 30 minutes. It's been 48. (laughs) No, I just appreciate you having me on. And I, I think I speak for everyone when I say we're so lucky to have you, Monica, you're so highly valued to so many of us. And um, I'm glad that we're all in this virtual BBM world now. Thank you so much, Katie. You know, you are the catalyst with your little comment back then in 2020. Hey, it would be so nice to have the girls together. And now you're nudging me about the retreats. Remember my words when we sit somewhere on the beach doing some yoga and stretching. That's going to be the next thing for for us. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. I really appreciate you. Of course. Can't wait. I'll be there. Hello and welcome or welcome back to yet another episode of the Monica Amazur podcast. I wanted to invite you to listen in to this conversation with Katie Coughlin because it's a brilliant one. Katie and I started working together in 2011 in Brookline, Massachusetts. She is originally from Ohio and she was working in Austin and we worked together in Brookline. After a couple of years, she ended up moving to San Francisco and we took a break and we reconnected in 2020 over the pandemic. She lived in San Francisco back then and I just recreated my business online. And now we've been working together for the last three years online. Katie is someone who quit smoking. Katie is someone who's very accomplished, well-traveled and someone who's done a lot of amazing things and she shares them, including many big moves again from ohio to boston from boston to san francisco from san francisco to the cape and now she lives in charlestown massachusetts which is a beautiful suburb of boston if you don't know that so please listen in you will be laughing with us you will be inspired hearing katie's great motivational words and 
you'll learn something about the BBM community on the inside, the OGs.